And welcome back. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, you are catching us in the middle of a, um, a video series on building healthy partnerships. This content comes from chapter four in my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership. Chapter four deals with partnerships, and it deals with both the positive aspects of partnerships, how to build healthy partners, uh, partnerships, I should say, as well as uh, the six things that can tear partnerships apart. And that will actually be a separate series that I'll be doing after I finish this 10-part series on building healthy partnerships. Uh, today, I'm going to be looking at the concept of culture, what culture is, and as you build your partnership, why paying attention to culture is so very important. But before we get started today, what I'd like to do is just ask you to head over to BibleAndBusiness.com and check out my articles, my podcasts, some of the tools and the surveys that I have available for you. And if you'd like, you can download the slides for this and other video recordings here on my YouTube channel uh, from BibleAndBusiness.com. You can download those slides in PDF format. So I hope you'll head over there. And remember that I write for Christian business owners and Christians who lead in businesses. That's who I minister to. That's who I write for. And uh, if you like this site um, and like this video, I hope that you'll subscribe to my YouTube channel and let other people know about it as well. I would appreciate it. So today, we're going to look at culture. And uh, we're going to look at, at this fifth of 10 elements that build healthy partnerships. So what do I mean by culture? Well, culture is created through a combination of core values and processes. Now, that's my definition. There's lots of definitions out there as to what culture is. And I know that a number who watch this uh, video may disagree with that with with uh, with my definition but this is how i look at culture um, it's really what do we value and how do we get things done so said another way is how do we treat people plus how do we get our stuff done to me those are the really the two core ingredients to how culture in any organization is created having core values and standard operating principles then is very important so your company really should have a set of core values and it really should have a set of standard operating principles to which they subscribe and then enforce. So started out with core values. Now I've introduced this concept of standard operating principles. Here's the difference. Core values refer to your ethical and kind of your values boundaries. These are the boundaries within which we're going to operate. Standard operating principles refer to how we're going to behave within our, our value boundaries. So the values give us our boundaries. They're both really how we're going to behave, but they come at it differently. The core values refer to the boundaries that we're going to have in our organization. The standard operating principles are going to refer to how we behave within those boundaries. Now here's some standard operating principle examples. Uh, and the, the first one here, the truth is never the problem, is one that I bake into every organization I've ever led. I'm, I'm right now uh, leading a healthcare organization that is, uh, at the time of this recording, is having a very difficult time due to the tight labor market in healthcare. Uh, but uh, it, I have about 550 people who report to me. Uh, 
And uh, this is the fourth company that I've led. I've led a, believe it or not, a gun range, a <laughs> firearm range. I'm an NRA instructor. Um, I've also led uh, a warehousing and distribution company, a company that sourced uh, product from Asia and brought it to a central location and then redistributed it throughout the nation. They were in the hospitality sector. I've led a counseling center and I've led a training company and now I'm leading a healthcare company. So I guess it's five companies, not four, right? And this, this idea that the truth is never the problem is, uh, is a concept and it's a standard operating principle that I bake into every company that I've ever run. Uh, and the reason for that is because if we're looking at the truth, then we can deal with what is. But if we're looking at fantasy, then we'll always make bad decisions and we'll never deal with, with the elephants that are in front of us. So I tell, my, I tell my staff over and over again, the truth is never the problem. And I'll hear them repeat it back to me. Hey, Bill, I got some bad news, but remember, the truth is never the problem. And that's good. That's a good thing because I want to hear the bad news. I want to hear the unvarnished truth. I want to know uh, what's going on in my company. So uh, that's one standard operating principle. These are just examples. Another one uh, in a company that I've led, there is always enough time to do the job right the first time. So uh, sometimes uh, employees will say, well, I just didn't have time to get it done the way it should have been done. No, you always have enough time to do the job right the first time. Uh, and we also give, I, I think these next two are really important in standard operating principles. It's okay not to know how, so if you don't know how, ask. And there's the corollary is, if you need something, ask. Uh, you'll, you'll bump into leaders and people in your business that will never ask for help, even though it's obvious they need it. But if you, if you uh, bake these kinds of standard operating principles into your company, what you'll find is that you can hold them accountable for not asking, right? You can say, look, you didn't know how and you didn't ask. That's on you. If you didn't know how and you asked and then we didn't respond, that's on us, right? Uh, if you needed something and you didn't ask, that's on you. But if you needed something, legitimately needed something, and you asked and we didn't provide it, that's on us. It's a way to help uh, assign accountability with, within a company. Uh, another, another example of a standard operating principle, resolve conflict as soon as it occurs. That's pretty much of a no-brainer. Uh, but a corollary to that is to first seek to understand the other person. Let's first seek to understand their experience, th what they're thinking, why they are coming to the conclusions that they're coming to. Let's first seek to understand them. And then back to the accountability piece. It's, it's, and this comes from, uh, I've worked with people who have said, well, you know, I was just being honest. And in their honesty, they were actually a little bit abusive and they were pretty harsh and they were over the top in your face kind of thing. And so this standard operating principle tends to uh, mitigate that, um, sh that shield of responsibility from people who are overly harsh because they're overly honest. Um, and it's you are responsible for the impact of your words or actions, your silence or inactions. So well, I didn't say anything because I didn't want to rock the boat. Well, you know what? You should have rocked the boat there. You should have said something. You should have faced into the conflict. 
as soon as it started to occur. So that's on you, right? So, and then the last last example here, if you didn't document it, it didn't happen. I, uh, I developed this because I had a sales team one time that was pretty successful at selling uh, the services that we were offering, but they would never write anything down. They would not use the CRM system. Uh, and when we went back to do some remarketing or marketing to existing customers, we had really, really bad information. Uh, it was incomplete. It was, it was uh, suspect. The quality of the information was suspect. And they would say, well, you know, uh, in, in a weekly sales meeting, well, I made 65 calls last week. Well, no, the system shows that you made 13. So you only made 13 calls. Well, no, I made 65. If you didn't write it down, it didn't happen. If you didn't document it, it didn't happen. So uh, these are examples of standard operating principles. You might have others uh, that you would think about baking into your company. But I invite you to not only do the core values, the standard stuff, integrity, authenticity, honesty, respect, you know, the stuff that people can, you know, just kind of rolls off their tongues. In, in our day and age. But I would also encourage you to look at doing some standard operating principles, develop these collaboratively with your uh, leadership team and your employees. Let them have plenty of input into this because what they have input into creating, they'll also take ownership of. Now there's a warning here for you business owners. And, I, and if you own a business, I want you to pay really close attention here. If you don't submit yourself to living out your company's core values and following your own processes, then you'll render those values and processes worthless, and they probably will become a punchline in your company. By the same token, if you're considering partnering with somebody who it's obvious uh, and maybe even not so obvious, but you're pretty sure that they're not going to submit themselves to living out the core values or following prof or processes, then you don't want to partner with them. They're not worth it. They're really not worth it. Okay. Um, there's a lot of crazy, smart, highly talented people who are, who are still pretty um, arrogant and they have a spirit of rebellion in them. And they, they're just going to do what they want to do. And they don't really care who they offend. And because they're so talented, they know they can get through in life just on their talent, even though in their wake, they leave uh, uh, just a, a whole trail of dead bodies behind them. They're the bus, and uh, they're, you know, people are either going to get on the bus or they're going to get run over by the bus. Uh, but you know, that's, the, that's people's choice. For those kinds of people, you do not want them in your company, and you certainly do not want to partner with them. You want partners who are going to support the core values of the company, and then are going to follow process, even if it means limiting their decision-making authority or having them defer authority to other people in the company. So this is an example of a company that I'm running right now whose owner did not live out uh, her core values. And those values literally became a joke within the organization. You can see here these decals on the wall before we rip them off the wall. I, I took a picture of it. Uh, there, there are three core values at the time of, the, of this company that I'm leading. At that time, before I came on board, the values were humility, integrity, and excellence. Uh, this is in the healthcare vertical. You know, kind of looks healthcare-ish, doesn't it, you know? 
but during this owner's and this CEO's tenure, uh, these are the five fines that they paid for double billing and really fraudulent billing. Uh, almost a million dollars to the U.S. attorney, uh, 286000 to the state's Department of Human Services, uh, 30000 to the state attorney general for incorrect billing, 275000 they had to pay in back pay because they violated the Fair Labor Standards Act. Uh, they paid $335,000 to the United States Health and Human Services uh, Inspector General for various violations there. Clearly, integrity and excellence were, were not followed in this company by the CEO herself. And as a result, um, this company uh, it, you know, paid well over $1.7 million in fines when you add this and other things up, the interest that was paid. Some of this money had to be borrowed to pay the fines, and so you add the interest onto that. Actually, it probably could have been close to $2 million uh, that they paid. And, and so uh, this, this is an example of, of how I think the louder a CEO or a business owner screams their core values, more than likely, the more it is that they are not following their core values. Uh, these values should be lived out. They should just be baked into how you do business and how you handle yourself. And then you quietly hold the rest of the culture accountable to your core values and standard operating principles. And I think that's how you most effectively bake those into your organization. So look, let's, let's remember that an excellent culture can execute a mediocre strategy and be pretty successful at it, I think. But a bad culture, culture with bad processes, lack of core values, lack of standard operating principles, a bad culture will kill an excellent strategy every day and twice on Sundays. Make sure that your partner has the character and the commitment to live out your core values, and to follow processes. And if those two things are not present, if, you're, if your partner will not uh, commit to living out core values and following process, even when they're not sure that they like the process, then you know what? Don't enter into the partnership. Don't even do it. It's not worth it. I'm telling you, you will rue the day you partnered with somebody who is a maverick and, and who is rebellious and is not willing to submit to the authority of other partners. Now, in the next episode, we're going to look at another characteristic that helps to build healthy partners and our healthy partnerships, and that is commitment. So I hope you'll join me for that next time we meet. I want to thank you for coming here today and watching this uh, episode. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business, and I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope you go out and make it a great day. Take care.